This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5 snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City! According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Fish of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! oh are you serious? Slam jam Get a ready for the NBA Duncan Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, and perhaps today maybe the latest man in McPherson, <laughs> Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Steve and I spoke at the McPherson Optimist Club this morning as they're preparing to host the Mid-America Classic, and nobody better to turn to, I guess, than us. Maybe, maybe we were like the fifth or sixth person they called in line and said, Hey, Coach Strathman, can you come in? Hey, can we get Taylor Robertson on the phone via yeah. Skype? Can we get anybody? Okay, we'll turn it over to Jim and Steve. Yeah. So meeting starts at 7 o'clock, and so Grandpa Danny told me, I just get here at like 6.50, 6.55, and so that's when I showed up, and I'm sitting in there at the meeting, and everybody's getting their coffee, and no Steve. His, his spot's right there next to me, no Steve. I figure, well... Steve, he's maybe not... I don't see Steve at 7 in the morning all that often. I figure, well, maybe he's just running a little bit behind and he just wanted to miss the Optimus Creed and, and miss some of those things. And we get through all that. Jerry Fithian steps up and gives his State of the Union on the Mid-America Classic and all the help they need. And they turn to me and say, all right, you ready to go? And I said, sure. So I got up there and held court for about 10 minutes and then Steve comes jogging in. And we moved on. It's more, more than a jog. Yeah, it, it was a mad dash it from was the a slick parking lot. Yeah, I was, Steve was pushing old people out of the way oh, at the I was well. Knocking, and I was knocking, knocking people over. I was. I was taking spilling no, coffee. I was making. I was taking no prisoners. And he got in there and he gave the best sermon of his life. And I'm glad you made it, Steve. Let me just say something. Service clubs. I used to speak to them a lot. Yeah. What's happened to those? I don't know. My dad was an Optimus Club member for over 50 years. When I first moved to town, the Lions Club in town was huge. The Kiwanis Club in town was huge. Optimus had over 100 members. Um, it just seemed like men, you know, clubs, you know, they're a co-ed. You know, it's men, women now and Optimus. I don't know about the other clubs. I think they're co-ed too. But our, my generation, you know, is like the last of the breed that does clubs. How many people your generation you think belong to like clubs? Besides maybe like a pheasant forever or yeah. a club like that. Yeah. I I don't know if there's really any what, people what in my say? generation. What does that say about our society? It might not be a bad thing. Maybe it, they've said, well, we can just text each other and be in communication that way. 
Well, they can be in a Facebook group. See, you, you've made my point. The world's changed, and I haven't changed with it. That's the biggest problem. That's true. Steve, the other day, maybe it was last night, we were at the McPherson College game, and he turned and said, man, there, there's just not as many students here as there used to be. He said, I'm blaming it on social media. <laughs> and I said, well, Steve, I don't think they're all just sitting at home posting Instagram pictures, but you're right that there are a lot of other things to do, especially for college-age students, whether it is playing video games online or whether it's watching Netflix or watching chat snap, as Steve would say, or, or tweeting or Twittering or doing any of those things. I don't think it's just that people constantly have to sit there on their phone and that's why they can't possibly be in an event like that. But I think they have other things that they do. And maybe that could be in a good way, in a good academic sense. Maybe they're doing homework and that they are on I, their computer doing work. I doubt that. Bro. Oh, I always had to do work. Maybe I was just so much more hardworking than you. You can't relate to the college students because you just breezed your way through and had too many probably bush lights before you went to school. Bush lights? Oh, yeah, that was probably not a beer when you were around. Just str- is, is straight, there such bu- thing straight as, bud. Is there st- such thing as a bush light now? <laughs> There's not, is there? <laughs> yes. Is there really? Okay. Yes. I did not know that. I what mean, about Miller Light? You familiar with that? Oh, yeah, sure. Bud Light? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just I just find it interesting. And, and you know, I like the Optimus, you know, when I, I spoke at the Optimus Club probably for 20 years. And even you know, and that is a very viable club, but yet their meetings, you know, they don't have as many people as they used to have. I don't know if it's the seven o'clock starting time. I would like to be in a club that starts at five o'clock in the afternoon. My dad's was always at noon, and I wouldn't like that. Yeah, no, that would be hard. Yeah, for but they us. always they had lunch at the country. Cl- they had their meetings at the country club. I'd rather have dinner. I do a whole lot better at five p.m. than yeah. I do at seven a.m. Well, I commend the people that are. In clubs. Oh, it's awesome. Because they're making a difference. It's for the kids. You know, things like that. Yeah. And they as are... Shane, a, <laughs> as Shane Bacuse always says, it's all about the kids. It's always all for the kids. And they are a big part. And really, what people maybe don't understand is that the Optimus guys and Gals, women that are yeah. also in it, they run the Mid-America Classic. And i tell you what, there is no tournament in the country. Ooh. The country. The country, mind you. All of the, the U.S. of A? You bet. The Hawaii? Entire, they don't even, do they play basketball in Hawaii? Yeah, I don't I even think so. It. But I'd say it's the best run tournament in the country. Wow. That's along a bold with, statement. Along with the Mid-America class. I will say, in terms of events that are not run by high schools, at a high school for an event similar to this, it's got to be up there. Because a lot of these events are run by high schools. And they're run right. by people that do this year in and year out. And I, one of the comparisons that I made this morning while we were at the Optimus meeting was talking about how a tournament like this, for me, when I was in high school at a big suburban metro Kansas City school, we went to the Liberty Tournament where they played at Liberty and at Liberty North. We ended up playing a tournament at Olathe South on the girls' side while I was there. And because there isn't as much of a media presence, there is no hospitality room it's just drive in play the game yeah leave and the parents of the people that are in the games drive there play the game leave whether it's students of the school don't watch any of the other games yeah watch the game of the school you go to and leave and there's not even really an importance with that there when it would be the tuesday game at 
5 o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody went. And that's what I think makes this tournament and these two tournaments very special is that it's run like this would be a college tournament. Right. And you have to remember, this tournament started basically as the McPherson County Tournament. Right. Under that, under that premise because Little River was unreal. Mount Ridge. Mount Ridge was unreal. Dridger Nation. I mean, they... Like, Heston was good. Heston was good. Inman girls were good. Yeah. Smokey had a couple good teams. Uh, the only team that was... Really about the only area team that wasn't real good back then was Canton Galvin. They'd just come off a stretch about five years earlier where they'd won three state championships in a row. And I'll tell you, the only... What happened was McPherson got too good for the tournament because <laughs> Little River fell off. After those great years that Shane had, Shane Cordell had over there, then Dridger Nation, they were good, but they weren't in McPherson's class. McPherson started winning the tournament every year. We saw the area schools start to drop out because they couldn't compete. But those first five years of that Mid America Classic, even the three o'clock games, if it was like Mound Ridge and Canton Galva, oh, that place was, I mean, the whole town of Mound Ridge shut down. I mean, they they really followed that tournament because they had Lori Legend, Lori Kane. Oh yeah. Lori Legend, I dubbed her because she was unbelievable. And then, of course, Tara Holloway was fantastic. Brian's sister, Mountain Ridge coach. And Little River, of course, with the pros girls. Nikki Ramage, Haley, or Hillary Raleigh, who is now Hillary Hecox, the principal at Mountain Ridge. I mean, Little River team, that's when Little River, you know, they were 91 in a row. McPherson won 5A one year and got drilled by Little River. In the in the championship game of the <laughs> of the classic, what does that that tells you? That was a year that Little River was the best team any class because McPherson was tremendous that year, and Little River beat them. And I tell you, Little River could beat anybody in the state that year. They were a one A school, but Shane Cordell, he had the Rogers twins, he had the Pros twins, Ramage, Betsy Cordell. I mean, they just had a litany of. Tremendous players. Well, and that brings up a point that I'm sure the Optimist guys, and and I keep saying guys, but people in general, as well as the high school, and it's a debate that they talk about. And this tournament started off as county and for the area teams. Mm -hmm. And then it has moved away from that, in a sense, to try and find other big programs that that will turn into great competition. And so maybe there's not as many tickets sold. So how do they find a balancing act of this? What's the solution? Well, I think they are in the right solution right now because, let's face it, if you had a tournament that was just the area schools, it would be not a very competitive tournament. And probably the most important feature of this is this is McPherson's tournament. Right. And so they are trying to benefit themselves in the best way possible. Right. So, in honesty... For them to go play some of the area teams doesn't do them a lot of good. No. Because they don't play similar styles to what they'll see at the 5A level. They need to play players that are going to be at right. the Division One level and are going to, to push remember, them. Mount Ridge girls, Little River girls, even the Inman girls, they were small schools, but they were playing. And at that time, they were really but, good. But they had 5A-type talent. And that's why that tournament worked. Right. And then once they kind of ran out of it, and yeah. McPherson still had all that talent. Yeah. It doesn't really make yeah, I, sense. I think McPherson won, God, what was it, nine or ten in a row at one point. And, and the school started, you know, the area school started dropping out. And Well, and yeah, they don't want to go lose three games. Yeah, yeah. It works for everybody. And so there's obviously the question of how do you 
get this to and, work the right way. And I know Shane Cordell over at Little River, the legendary Shaner, you know, he stayed as long as he could because he loved playing this type of competition. But at some point, I mean, you know, he, he looked down the line. He could see in the fourth and fifth grade they weren't going to have the kind of talent that was necessary to be competitive in this tournament. And he finally, uh, I think they were about the last one to get out. I want to I want to say they were about the last one of the area schools to get out. We're going to have Jerry Fithian come in tomorrow. He's one of the tournament directors and talk to us a little bit about what all goes on behind the scenes and give us a preview of everything coming up this weekend. They also wanted us to note that any high school students that use their activity pass can get at any game for free. It's something that they are trying out to be a little bit different this year and see if they can get as many people in the seats as they possibly can. But, Steve, a little bit later on, I want to talk about the Invitational from this past weekend. But moral of the story is, Steve was a little late this morning, but he was still on his game. I guess. I don't know what my game You're is. always on your game. I don't know what my game really is anymore. But <laughs> Well, for not feeling real good and yeah. stepping in. and Yeah. Steve sometimes will say, oh, I'm not entertaining. I'm not funny. I don't, I'm, I'm just me. Steve's funny. Yeah. He'll drop some one-liners. What did you say about Trent Rexlow? Oh, I, I think I said something like there weren't any Nino Samuels or Aubrey Sherrods or Antoine Cars or Trent Ruxlows in the tournament field this year. That was a good one. Yeah. He played it off like a real true comedian where you, you don't laugh at it. You just throw it in there you just, subtly. You just throw it in there and see if anyone's listening. You ever thought about some stand-up comedy, Steve? No. I bet you could have some good stories. I, I can't even make Casey laugh. She just laughed in there. I heard her. <laughs> I, I think you would do a really good job in stand-up comedy because people would just be laughing at some of the, the things you say. Like going, well, why would I go get a credit card and pay my bills online? I can just write a check and I put it in the mail and it'll get there. Why, why would I go online? Why would I get Wi-Fi at my house? I think you could go on for several hours well, that's and just, be very entertaining. That's just because I'm stuck back in the 1970s. and Didn't know what Bush Light was. Yeah, I did, that's, well, that's a new one on me. What, what was the, the beer of choice at your fraternity house? At my fraternity house? Yeah. Coors Light. We had oh. we had we had one guy that had a keg in his room. His dad was a <laughs> beer distributor, so he'd just go get a keg from his dad, put it in his room, and have it in the, you know, you just keep it on ice all the just time. Just keep it on ice all the time, and people go take a hit off of it. So. <laughs> nothing like nothing like getting up at eight thirty and going up to room thirty two, taking a hit, and there you go. <laughs> That'll get you on your way. Yeah. All right, Steve. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll recap all the action from this past weekend with the McPherson Invitational. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, ninety six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, it was a good morning this morning at the McPherson Optimist Club. Oh, yeah. We enjoy all those people, and we will be spending a whole lot of time with them this week with the oh, Mid-America yeah. Classic. But also a great weekend at the McPherson Invitational, Steve. We were able to be there for all 12 games. We got to have a vote on the all-tournament team, and 
we talked about this a little bit with the Optimus Club this morning and talking about how it was a different tournament, and we had a really good feel for it going in, that we knew it was not going to be this star-studded field where every team has that one player that could be an all-state player and that not one team was really going to separate themselves and just go put up 85 points every night. We had a pretty good feeling that this was going to be a balanced field, and we talked about that a little bit on Friday as well with this tournament after day one, that every game was pretty balanced, but we saw that on Friday night as well with all four, all the top four seeds playing, one versus four, two versus three, and every game came down to the final possession. Really did, and uh, I wrote my column about that today. You won't remember this team for the great, out, you know, the superstar players in it, but what you'll remember is all the games were very competitive other than a couple in the consolation bracket. And you look at McPherson High's boys, they played a five-point game in the first round, a one-point game in the second round, and a four-point game in the championship. And that's been the story of their season. They very seldom blow teams out. When they do lose, nobody beats them bad. They're just very competitive to the very end. What do you take away from this tournament as a McPherson person? What do you move forward and say, okay, here are the things that they did well, and what are the things that you looked at and went, okay, they're going to really have to get better at that? I thought maybe one of the good things was, now they didn't do it in the championship game, but in the other two games they finished strong. Yeah. Uh, they got more experience in close games, not that they need any more. Yeah, they've got, they've got enough experience for one year. But, but they played all schools bigger than them. They got to see a lot more length than they're used to seeing. I thought that was good. Um, I think one thing moving forward, and I beat it to death on the air, Cody Stuffelbean, got to get him more touches. The guy's shooting almost 80%. He's taking about six shots a game. Got to get him more touches. And I thought the bench was really good. Cooper Courtney seems to get better every game. Sam Pyle's very serviceable. Hayes Schmidt did a good job. Of course, Seth Madron, the freshman, very athletic. He's starting to cut it loose a little more. I think the Bullpups can take a lot from this tournament moving forward. You look at the next two games coming up, they're going to be very difficult games. Yeah. Now, Wichita Collegiate is not quite the collegiate team it was when they used to come up here and play in the tournament. Uh, El Dorado beat them, I believe, so that tells me they're not the collegiate of what they've been. But the road game in Andale, I mean, the Bulldogs will be an underdog in that game. Pups. Pups, yeah. Bulldogs was last night. <laughs> you got a road game at Lawrence Free State. Bull, Bull Pups will be a an underdog in that game. But then you look at the five league games, they'll all be tough. But I think, you know, the Bullpups should win all their league games. They did it the first time around, even though there were some close games. I think the game at Circle might be rather interesting, uh, just because, you know, it's not a festive atmosphere in Circle. It's kind of always kind of dead in their gym. Nice gym, though. Yeah, really yeah, nice. Really we're nice. up in the corner. Oh, yeah, we're up in the crow's nest up there. But, uh, you know, you look at the other teams in the league, El Laredo, nah. Bueller, we get them at home. Augusta, we get them at home, and they're pretty good. But we get, like I say, we get them at home. And then the other league game is uh, who? Am I Augusta, forget? El Dorado, Winfield, Bueller, Winfield at yeah. Winfield, and Bullpups should be able to take care of Winfield. So really, you know, you look at it right now. The Bullpups are eight and four, and with uh, eight games left, I think they can get to fourteen wins. That's what I'm setting the over under at is fourteen. 
I think 14 would put them in a great spot. I think 14 and 6 is about what this team – and to me, before the year, that's what I had this team picked. I said 14 and 6 at the start of the year, a rebuilding year. Um, I didn't think it was going to be a total total reconstruction just because you had an All-State player and Jake Alexander and you know some guys that played last year. But this is a bullpup team that's just, you know, being honest, it's not as talented as we're used to having. But look at you know, you look at the last five years, you've been in the state championship game. And you've had a Mr. Basketball yeah. on pretty much every one of yeah, those teams. Yeah, you've had a Mr. Basketball candidate on all those. So, I mean, at some point, there is a cycle where you just can't be, eight or you know, 20 and 2 or 23 and 1 or 24 and 1, whatever. That just can't happen every single year. At some point, you have to take a little dip, and this is the year maybe the Bullpups are taking a little bit of a dip, but that's not to say they can't win every game. You look at every game they've played in this year, they could be undefeated. Right. They realistically could be undefeated. They have four losses. Two of them are by two points. Andover Central, they were up seven, end up losing by like 11. And then the other night, they were up four in control of that game late, and, and it just got away from them. They end up losing by four. So realistically, they could be 12-0. and 0. You mentioned the 14-win mark, and here are the teams that are hovering at that in 5A because, remember, <clears throat> excuse me, sub-states are not predetermined. Right. So when you look at the bracket and the seedings, 14 wins get you into a spot where potentially you could be playing two home games, which is the important thing. So the teams that are in front of them, Mays is 12-0, and and they might not lose the rest of the way right. because Caleb Grill is a phenomenal player. Right. And over Central, ten and one, they are very good. Right. Arc City, ten and one. The Bullpups beat them last year, but they've got Kevin Clark, two C's. Yeah. And they've been very good this year. They're ten and one. Wichita Heights is already at eleven wins. Now they probably have a couple of losses still on their schedule because they play such a tough schedule. Right. They're in the city league. Salina Central, they're nine and two, so they are. A game and a half or two and a half games better than McPherson at this point. May South, eight and three. Bishop Carroll, seven and three. So those are the teams that are in front of them. And then hovering right behind, you have Andover, who they lost to. You have Hayes, who probably doesn't play as tough of a schedule as right. they will. You have Newton, who has a sensational player in Ty Berry. And a so, great big man, Demarius so Peterson. If the Bullpups can get to thirteen or fourteen wins, then they have a chance to host twice. Now, they might not. They might have to get up to 16 to have a chance. Right. Just depends on how this year goes. That's why every game from here on out is important. Forget the league. I mean, does anybody remember if we won the league five years ago? Of course we did. I bet Mark Heidebrecht does. Well, yeah. But I'm just saying, does anybody really care about the league? Let's face it. After the year's over, all the people care, did we go to state? That's right. the only thing people care about. They don't... I mean, yes, the league's great to win. It's nice to, you know, we don't we don't put banners in the roundhouse for league champions. We put those in off on the side. Some supply closet. Some supply closet, yeah. But banners, that's what it's all about. Speaking of banners, Steve, we'll talk about the Big 12 from last night and how one team made a big case and a big statement for why they should still be taking home a banner at the end of February. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by 
Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, were you nervous last night for your Kansas Jayhawks? I'm always nervous. I can be up 10 with a 30 seconds ago, I'd be nervous. Friend of the show, Eli, who's a big Iowa State fan. Yeah. He was trying to calm your nerves down yeah, throughout the entire second half. Yeah. And he's going, Steve, Steve, Steve. Nothing to be nervous about. They were down eight. Jayhawks are going to make a run at the six-minute mark. And it was a little before that, but... They didn't make it particularly easy down the stretch. They're a lot like the Bullpup Boys team. They really are. They don't make it easy, but the Jayhawks picked up a really big win last night at home. Huge. And uh, and at least for today, they were in first place in the Big 12. Yeah. Alone. Cause, yeah, because uh, they were tied, a four-way tie to start today. Iowa State was one of those teams. They beat Iowa State, so Iowa State now with three losses. And somebody's got to – for KU not to win the Big 12, somebody has to go into Lawrence at some point and beat KU because if, if KU doesn't lose a home game and goes 9-0, and they can go 4-5 and on the road and probably win it. I think five losses will probably win the Big 12 this year. Dedrick Lawson, 29 points. He was Marcus good. Garrett, I thought, had one of his best games of the year. Yeah. With 16. 14 for LeGerald Vick and some big shots down the stretch. This is a KU team that without Yudoka as a bookie, has had to play a little different style. And defensively, they don't have that big stopper inside. Right. And so it has made games interesting. But it helps when they play an Iowa State team that they know what their plan is, shoot the three. Yeah. And as long as they don't have an unbelievable night, you can beat them a lot. 12 out of 30, that's an average night yeah. for them. I mean, yeah. 12 is a good number, but yeah. 30 attempts is a lot. So KU, here they sit at 5-2 and two in the conference, and K-State will play Texas Tech at home tonight. I have a feeling the octagon of doom is going to be rocking with whoever wins that game jumping up into the tie for first right. place with KU. And you talk about the inside defense. People say, God, Diedrich Lawson, 15 rebounds. God, he must be a great defense. The guy is not a good defensive player. He's just... For those who remember Chad Klein, he sus- subscribes to the Chad Klein theory, former bullpup, now the head coach at Frank – I think he's at Frank Phillips. I thought he was at Arkansas Tech. Arkansas Tech, yeah. The Wonder Boys. He's at the Wonder Boys, that's right. Russellville. Yeah, Phillips was where he was before. But Chad always said, if I outscore my man by one point, I'm doing my job. Every, every player outscore their man by a point, you're going to win. There you go. So now, KU will get out of Big 12 play, and they will go play – at Kentucky, Ooh, what a bad time for that to pop up yeah, on the because, schedule. Yeah, because they're gonna, they're going to stink the place out at Kentucky. I can tell you right now, <laughs> they really are. They're going to they're going to get they're going to get beat by about nine at Kentucky. The game that they played at Rupp two years ago, the year that Frank Mason was a senior, they went into that game and I thought they were just going to get slaughtered. They won that, and game. they ended up winning. They won, but there's no Frank Mason on this team. There's no guy with that bulldog mentality. Now, I know, you know, maybe Marcus Garrett. But if Marcus Marcus Garrett could shoot free throws, 
the guy'd be an all-American. That's what keeps him really down is he can't shoot free throws. But, you know, they don't have that guy that it just wills them to victory like Devontae did last year. Now, I know Lawson, you know, is big down the stretch, but he still has those there, – there's periods where he just kind of, you know, kind of goes in and out of consciousness where he just kind of takes about five or six minutes off, and then all of a sudden it's time to go and he revs it back up. But he doesn't he doesn't play hard the whole game. And then the freshman guards, I mean, they're so erratic. Uh, Dotson's been the better of the two. Grimes has just been a – He didn't score last night. He's a major disappointment. And anyone – and if he thinks he's one and done, if he, if he goes to try and get in the show after this year, he will become what I call the – basketball vagabond because he will not be an NBA player. He'll be kicking around in the GD and F league or whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he'll be playing minor league ball and then end up going overseas and making probably good money overseas, but not playing in the big show. Do you know who K state plays in their big 12 sec challenge? I'm guessing Vanderbilt. No, I don't know. Texas A&M. Oh, that'll be a, at college station. Yeah. That'll be a good game. Do you know who Arkansas plays? They're terrible. Speaking of Arkansas, Baylor? no, they play at Texas Tech, of course, oh, okay. of course, okay. to make things worse. Did you see what happened to my boy yesterday? Now, which one boy is that? My boy Darren McFadden, oh, one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, one of your favorite Arkansas players. Oh, DUI rolling through the drive-through at Whataburger. What are we doing, D Mac? Come on, man. Yeah, that's oh. not good. He just got inducted into the college football, or just got. Voted into the college football. It's just not been a very Hall good time for your Arkansas. No, it's been real bad, Steve. For the last several years, two and ten in football, and yeah, they're not now ready. they're ten and seven in basketball. About to be ten and eight, ten and nine. Is Mike Anderson on the way out. Ooh, it's not looking good. Yeah, he's got some young guys. Now their women's team, I think, beat Tennessee. I saw they did. Malika Monk. Okay. Who is the younger sister of? Malik Monk. I would never guess. Wow. <laughs> Big shocker. <laughs> All right, Steve. Tomorrow on the show, we will have Jerry Fithian. We'll talk about the Mid-America Classic, and we'll have all sorts of notes prepared for you to give you on regards to this weekend. And then Wichita Southeast, the Bullpups taking them on in the late game on Thursday night. And then other than that, we continue to rock and do another busy, busy week. You bet. You feeling good? I'm feeling good. I'm, I got to embrace change. I, I had a phone call off the air. Says I, I need to, uh, you know, accept change before it basically swallows me up. <laughs> Do you, you think you've reached that point yet? Well, I've been mulling over a credit card, but I don't think so. That just seems like too much work for me. Wi-Fi. No. Smartphone. Got Smarter phone. Smarter. Yeah, I got the bottom of the barrel and phone so. <laughs> yeah not all i can do is call that's all i need to do we'll, we'll work on it we'll come yeah. up with a list of things for all you to right. work on wrapping up today's show for steve sell i'm jim joiner thanks for listening to according to jim we'll talk to you tomorrow according to jim with jim joiner and steve sell was brought to you by great plains federal credit union farmers state bank with branch locations in mcpherson lindsborg and galva next tech wireless and brown shoe fit in downtown mcpherson Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.